0: What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. And what's up, what's up? Welcome in GC Live. We are live from Angry Fish here in Lexington, as promised. 430 show, I guess 434 show. <laughs> That's my fault, but come on out. Come hang out with us. Maybe have a drink. Chris, uh, you've already been maybe sampling a couple you can tell everybody about here in a second but it is of course Gamecock Central Live i would say it's kind of our first ever happy hour edition yeah, first happy hour edition um again red angry fish you see i think we're perfectly placed you see the awesome setup here behind us you got beers over here we've got a food truck out front that i think is going to be live uh, what in a little bit later on
1: yeah it might be it- 536 is something like that. But they'll be, uh, they'll be ready to go. Angry eats, grill and smoke. I've uh, checked out the menu. Just posted it on Gamecock Central.
0: Met Sid, the
1: chef. Has some Sid really good chef. stuff coming later. Yeah. Okay,
0: I got you. We're gonna have to check that out. Um, are, are those to get? Like, is that the same group, or they just happen to be angry as well? <laughs>
1: they're both just angry. Okay. No, they're, they're 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 tied together somewhat. Okay. Uh, yeah, there's an affiliation there. And, uh, yeah, at some point, um, you know, you can come out here and you can get your brew. You can get your food truck inside, outside seating. Really appreciate those guys hosting us. Um, I've been here several times. Really enjoy it. Kenny does an outstanding job. He's extremely knowledgeable about everything that has to do with brews. So if you're an aficionado, this is a place that you need to come if you haven't already.
0: Yeah, and he's given uh, Chris, I think. Some uh, high, high gravity beers or yeah, high... see,
1: they have they have an array of okay. anything you can think of. Um, when you go up to the bar with Kenny, it's a it's a little bit of a dangerous proposition because he's going to start feeding you. And uh, yeah, outstanding stuff. Every single one they have a lot of different varieties of stuff. Really, really good stuff. So I've enjoyed my time so far. I think this is my third trip here, Wes. Your first,
0: yeah, first time here, yep. but. I uh, appreciate everybody joining us. Hopefully, we're going to have a, a few folks actually come out here and see us in person. I know some people were thinking about it earlier this week, but if not, I see we already got our, our normal cohorts there in the chat, uh, several people, and I'm going to tell you all, so I can see the chat, but once it gets going, I may lose your questions, so if uh, if we don't get them, we may just get you to, to resend them later on in the show, because once I get talking and uh, and y'all are chatting. It's it's hard to sometimes keep up, but um, I don't want to be reaching across the screen every time. But appreciate everybody joining us. Friday edition of the show. We are still, of course, brought to you by affordablemedicalusa.com home of the game day chair. They're sort of our primary sponsor here on the show. But, um, yeah, final is this, this will be our final take. Final thoughts of South Carolina versus Texas A&M. Obviously, tomorrow, williams Bryce Stadium. We'll have a few more things going up on the site if you still want to read it, but as far as this stuff, our final take on the game, and Chris, um, I think the more – dude, the more we have dove into the matchups of this game, the more – and I've even seen the the betting line actually sort of extend out a little bit more towards Texas A&M as the week has gone on. Um, You never want to go into a game if you're a South Carolina fan out there Saying, man, our weaknesses match up with some of the opponent's strength. And exactly. if you're a South Carolina fan out there right now, you're probably if you've been listening and reading and paying attention this week, that's kind of how you feel. So I uh, we're it's gonna have to be a situation where South Carolina has really made some strides to clean up what I would call issues during this bye week. Yeah you would have been hard pressed to find, you
1: know, to hear anything from the Gamecocks defensive players that spoke to the media this week without hearing stop the run. I mean, that, that was all they wanted to talk about really. And you brought this up in our last show was that mirrors what they've been preached from this coaching staff all mm-hmm. week, you know, during the bye week obviously that's the time where you're working on South Carolina. You're not maybe preparing exactly for an, for an opponent per se, you're working on what you got to work on. And one area that we know this team's got to work on, uh, we knew it was the run game. Well, you just so happen to play a team that is really good in the run game with Isaiah Spiller. You got Kellen Mond, who's a mobile quarterback. You got an offensive line that returns four or five starters and has a lot of experience. And so, you know, you're not going into this game going, this is a good opportunity to tune up the run game. Uh, It's actually a big, big challenge. And so, we're going to see how South Carolina responds. I think that is one of the biggest keys to this game, something you've outlined, something I've outlined, and
0: something that the players and Will Muschamp outlined as well. Yeah, and we'll have our um, our little path to victory, which is just a rewording because Keys to Victory is just sort of old. We rebranded it this year. Yes, yeah. <laughs> That's um, Keys to Victory is the old and busted. This is the new hotness. Yeah, it's washed. Do, do you know yeah, what yeah. that uh, is a reference to? No, I don't. Men in Black the original movie wow. back in the day Will Smith. A So, Yeah, Very this is nice. the new Hotness. It's the same <laughs> thing. But we we've been talking about that I, all week long. Keys to victory for this game. And uh, Greg Greg had a beer question. So before we lose it I'm I'm not a beer snob. So you see this question, Chris, and do you know how to answer that question?
1: Um uh, any Lagunitas on tap there. No. So Um, not to my knowledge, everything that they, uh, everything that angry fish does is brewed right here. Um, I can literally look at the tanks. Uh, they brew it right here. Kenny comes in brews They brew early in the morning on Saturdays, on Sundays, uh, the board up here, they've got about, let's see, five, six, seven. I think they got 10 things on the board right now on tap. So, uh, Palmetto smash locally sourced, uh, actually a very unique product because it's sourced from South Carolina. One of the first ever that you can get in the state because of the sourcing of where the sort of ingredients come from, but no, they uh, everything that they have here is made right here. So it's really cool stuff. Uh, they actually did a collaboration with cotton town, uh, which is the three rivers, double IPA that I was able to sample earlier. So outstanding stuff. So if you do like brews, come on out check it out at angry fish
0: uh, rave reviews from everybody who comes out here lots of regulars too say collab with cotton town yep I've, I've yep. still never been there either I was right beside there I'll even they're not a sponsor but I'll, I'll throw a shout out I was at Warmouth really cool restaurant oh, that's which a really is right spot. Yep. right near cotton town and yep. I want I want to try cotton town as well but that's for another day today come out angry fish hang out with us we'll talk some ball Chris is gonna buy you a beer and um that's been promised. What's up, guys? How y'all doing? And so, Chris, all right, we've talked about defense. We've talked about stopping the run. We've talked about that aspect, I would say, until literally until we need a few beers. Like, it, it's just been <laughs> over and over and over right. all week long. Yeah. So, let's go to the offensive side. Okay. I'm going to tell you if I was Mike Bobo, what my game plan would be in the game tomorrow. Wow. And all right. Hopefully, ready. hopefully the, the folks watching and listening are going to watch the game and they're going to be like, wow. That's exactly what Wes said would happen. All right. But all week Let's long, everybody's talked about the running game on both sides. And we've talked about Kevin Harris, Deshaun Fenwick, the South Carolina offensive line. But for me, if I'm Mike Bobo and I'm saying what is the – Weakness to this Texas A&M team. I'm saying, where can I exploit? Yep. What can I find where I can find an advantage? And I don't think anybody on the Texas a and side is thinking South Carolina is coming out to throw the football around on Saturday night. Right. And what do we what do we hear from Colin Hill? That timing in the passing game. We know on the defensive side what the focus was all week long. But timing in the passing game was the single biggest focus. And that that goes into pass pro, getting the ball out on time, not taking sacks. The things that fans have been pissed off about for the last – stewing over the last two weeks. Right. Well, okay, we know South Carolina's is going to have to run the football at some point in this game. But I think you kind of are at the point you know what you have with Kevin Harris. You know what you have with Deshaun Fenwick, You know what you have in the run-blocking aspects with this offensive line. But to me, you're going to have to find some semblance of a passing game. And the single easiest time to pass the football tomorrow night is going to be on first downs. It's not going to be on third downs. It's not going to be when you're in third and seven. It's not going to be when they can dial up all these pressures like LSU did. So if it's me, I've spent the last two weeks dialing in, and I know they said they focused on themselves, Yeah, but – I guarantee there was some extra AM prep work. Sure. I'm dialing in on where can I attack attack this defense down the middle because we talked about how their linebackers have been picked on a little bit. Mark Passwaters talked about how safety play, surprisingly to me, has been a little bit of an issue for them. One of the other AM beat writers was on last night with on 1075 with Heath, and he was talking defense. And he said the secondary is kind of like South Carolina. They've had some guys. Their their corners have played pretty well. Yeah. But as a whole, I think you can say this about Carolina too. As a whole, there have been some issues. There have been missed tackles. There have been some chunk plays allowed. And that has not been a strength for their defense. So if it's me, I've dialed in on some plays early on for this game that I've just repped, repped, repped get Jalen Brooks involved in the game early to take a little pressure off Shy Smith, get the tight ends involved, get the running backs involved in the passing game. And then if you can establish that early, that's when I'm coming back and trying to give the ball to fresh Kevin Harris mm-hmm. and trying to sort of establish that part of it. So I, I think sometimes you call a game in reverse. Yeah. If it's me, I'm calling this game in reverse because – if you look back, even though the, the game last year was what thirty to thirty to three, you look right. even the year before. South Carolina's offense did some things in the second half. You know they came back and made it a game. Yep. But the single biggest issue for South Carolina against A and M, really the last four or five years, has been I would say the last four years has been they've had just these long droughts offensively, and the defense has just been constantly put right back on the field. So, for me, finding some intermediate passing success early on, maybe when they're not expecting it, and maybe when you sort of have a down advantage because it's first down as opposed to third down, I think you you attack. Yeah, that, that makes total sense. And,
1: you know, we, we saw South Carolina come out against Vanderbilt. And, you know, we'll must have talked about this to, to back up for a second. About how when you as a defensive coach look at the uh, look at the offense, you know on tape, you're saying, "All right, you know who can hurt us? How can they hurt us? Who can hurt us?" Well, offensively, if you're Mike Bobo or Wes Mitchell, offensive <laughs> coordinator, you're going defensively. Where can we hurt them? Yeah. And so when they looked at the at Vanderbilt, especially when they looked on you know down on the sideline and said, "Okay, they're down three or four starters in the secondary." They came out early and said, we're going to attack through the air. Now, yeah. where did they end up making their hay? In the run
0: game. Yeah. They did. Yeah.
1: Um, but we we do know that you know Mike Bobo is going to identify those things. And so does he see something in the secondary? If he does, it would not be a surprise if he's, as you said, passing to set up the run. Look, everybody knows South Carolina's strength is running the football. Texas A&M knows that. Mike Elko knows it. Jimbo Fisher knows it. And so they're going to gear up to stop that. They're going to say, hey, come out here and try to throw the ball against this – win some one-on-one matchups and main coverage, you know, make make them pass the football. And so if South Carolina can do that, it sort of opens up everything for them. So
0: I'm with you. I would not be surprised if we saw that either. Uh, Michael Beckham asks uh, that you need to wait till 5 o'clock to come inside. Uh, the closed sign is on the door, but I think we're good. I think we're good. Just uh, come it, on in. If you're, if you're here, come on in. I, I will
1: tell you the door is open. I got here about 4. It said
0: closed. I walked in.
1: Said so the chef let me in, but I, I walked in. Now so you're here. You're here.
0: I, I'm here. So come on in. Um, some some questions again about Ryan Helensky. Do you get him some snaps? I tend, you know, we've we've been in on this all week long. Here here's the thing about that. <laughs> and and I to give some credit where it's due. I thought I thought Ryan handled all of the questions masterfully. Yeah. On when they let him talk. Yeah, like we he, talked about that too. Yeah, yeah, generally you don't have the backup QB yeah. talk, you know, to, to in a media setting. And yeah. You just don't really see that as much, unless you're our buddy Perry Orth, um, when Jake Bentley was starting quarterback and, yeah. and Perry was talking. But um, <laughs> yeah. you don't see that. But I, I thought he handled all those things masterfully. Had said all the right things, and he really, dude, he walked the line of being completely honest mm-hmm. while also saying the right things. Because he's, he literally said, of course, of course I want to play. Any competitor wants to play. Sure. But I understand the job I've been given. So it was it was more so, it, it wasn't even the, oh, I just do what the coaches say or I'm just here to be the backup, which it, he, he didn't give you the coach speak. Answer right. He gave you the honest. I want to play. I'm a competitor. Everybody wants to play, but I know that's not where we are right now. And I, I do think Mike Bobo has really laid out to Ryan Helensky, Here are the areas that we need to see improvement from. Mm-hmm. Now, to the question of, do you get him throws in this game? Get him series in this game? Oh. And unless it's a situation where he'll you know, it's just struggling, then, and, and I would say, I would say really struggling, not he throws two bad passes and everybody on Twitter jumps all over him in the right. Twitter world. Right. Yeah. Different. I mean, actually just really struggling. Then to me, his skill set is not different enough from Hill to make that move. Yeah. Now, to Greg's point, would you see some more Luke Doty? That's something else with an entire week to get ready yep. and that opportunity because you you change. It's kind of interesting. Every week you have your same scheme, but you change you you install, you remove, yep. and you tinker. And it may be it may be this safety tends to overplay this, so we're going to sort of maybe this route. I, I got to sit in on a uh, a presentation with Dan Warner uh, once a while back and it's it's very intriguing to see how a play that's the same play can sort of be tinkered okay against this opponent we're going to run this post 3 yards farther or we're going to we're going to take this hitch we're going to either extend it or we're going to make it shorter mm-hmm. so each week you do that the beauty of a bye week is you can maybe double or triple those little wrinkles you installed. So to me, there's maybe some things they've shown on film, maybe some things with Luke Doty that you can take the time. Don't give Luke Doty the entire offense to worry about this week. Give Luke Doty some things within the confines of this offense that mesh together. These are things Doty does well. These are things we've seen on film – that a maybe could be vulnerable, yeah. and then throw it out there. That and I'm not I'm not reporting that's going to happen, but I think it really gives you an opportunity to do that when you come off a of bye week. And there's a reason why there's a reason why South Carolina's four zero under Will champ off of bye weeks is that they have you have to give them credit for doing the things they need to do during the bye week.
1: Yeah, I think Doty. That's one of the more intriguing you know questions about this offense is. How much more does he play? We know we know that he and Ryan Helensky got more reps during the, during the bye week. It was already sort of planned. Obviously, we already went over all the rumors that sort of came out about Luke Doty, and he's not going to start um, on Saturday. But could he play more? Sure, down the stretch. Um, he's someone that they put in there situationally, mainly in opponent, deep in opponent territory. But opponents have to be cognizant and have to prepare for a guy who's extremely mobile like him to come into the game and Mike Bobo is going to have some stuff off of that. You know, teams have seen what, three or four plays that Luke Doty's run. And you got to keep in mind some other things that they make do. And, and guess what? He's not just a guy that's going about there running wildcat or something. I mean, he, he can throw the football. We've seen a couple reverses for DeKaryon Joyner that one went for a long touchdown, one went for a first down. You got to think they got something throwing the football off of that as well. Yeah. So when do they break these things out? They're things that opponents have to think about. And and we know South Carolina has to create some more explosion on offense. And um, they're still going to be limited from a personnel standpoint. So do we see some of these other wrinkles to help with that? I think possibly so.
0: Yeah, and I I think as much as the crowd of, hey, it's a win, it is a wins business. You know, you are what your record is. As much as that side of the crowd can make the argument of South Carolina won four games last year, you do still all the other side is, You have to give the credit credit that is due. This staff has done some good things off of bye weeks. Um, Kakitai94 on uh, Twitter asked, uh, who are the past four opponents off bye weeks? And the thing is, it's not like South Carolina has just played awful teams off the bye weeks. Off the top of my head, I think you're talking about the Georgia game last year was off the bye week. I know year one, that was when they knocked off Tennessee and got their first – Really big win of the must-champ era at South Carolina, mm-hmm. top twenty-five team, knocked them off at williams price Stadium. Um, I'm I'm drawing a blank on the middle two. That was the most recent one and the original one, just because those are big games that stand out in my mind. But they have knocked off obviously some some decent teams coming off the buy. So I, I think in that same in that same light, I if I if I'm giving Doty some reps. I'm dropping back and throwing. like I'm I'm going ahead and showing that part and then going back to you. you obviously, you're going to use his legs, but the quicker you establish all that other stuff, the more successful, you know, you're going to be with this with your bread and butter, which mm. I think for South Carolina, you're saying if I have Kevin Harris and the very, very underrated Sean Fenwick running some zone read with Luke Doty in the backfield, with this run blocking group up front, there's probably some things I can do there. Your question is, where where and when do you bust it out? And we've we've seen with this staff, uh, not a lot of coaching staffs are like this, but certainly this one. They're very situational in in everything they do, whether it's down and distance, red zone, you know, two minute drill, whatever. They're very situational, situational, and how they call things. Well. It's not. You may sit there and say, "Well, you want you want to score as many points as possible in every single game." But how they choose to attack from an aggressiveness or from a more conservative standpoint, we've seen them against an opponent like Alabama, for instance, last year. Say, we're we're putting every, we're putting all the cards on the table, fake field goal, fake punt, you know what, it, all all this different stuff. To me, off the bye week such a pivotal flip game as far as how the rest of this season could go. Um, This is a game you're going to need the offense to score some points. So I think you almost have to attack this game like you're facing Alabama and and live with the result. Go aggressive and see if you can manufacture some things that way because I I don't know if just saying just running the offense without some wrinkles, without some different things, is going to cut it tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, no, it's a good point. I mean, they got to find a way to manufacture some things. For me, though, honestly, I mean, I think the bigger concern even is, is the defensive side of the ball because, you know, we, we can talk about the offense and should. They're going to have to score some points to win this football game. It's, it's not reasonable to think that Texas a and just isn't going to move the ball, isn't going to score points. They're going to have to score offensively. But defensively, they can't afford to lose time of possession, to have A&M go up and down the field, to lose the field position battle. Um, they're going to have to play extremely well in the red zone. Um, They're going to have to be able to get the ball back to their offense. And so, for me, when I look at this one, Kellen Mond, he's given South Carolina tons of trouble in the three times that he's played them so far. The big offensive line, the running backs, those are big concerns. Can you get off the field? Can you get the ball back to your offense? But I I think it's a great point. You know, offensively, is South Carolina good enough just to run the offense and be able to score with opponents down the stretch? Unless they play much better defensively, I don't think so. Uh-huh. And so uh, we're going to learn a lot about that, you know, probably on Saturday.
0: Yeah, and those things are always – I think we sometimes forget. They're always married together. Yeah, Your offense and your defense are married together. And I, I always think it's sort of interesting going into a game. How, how many points is it going to take in this given matchup on average to win the game? Now, it gets skewed if you have – Last week, you have a pick six, kick, or two weeks ago, pick six, kickoff return for touchdown. Yeah. Uh, that's a point we've made 100 times now, I feel like. But when, when that happens, it skews the entire game, sure. But how many points if you, if you played these teams 10 times, they played 10 times in a row, how many points were you going to have to score to win this game? If, if you looked at these two teams just sort of in the last four years, when they've played each other, that number might actually be a little bit lower. But if you look at the sort of the, the last few weeks, the trends with both a offensively and South Carolina defensively, to your point, that's when you're sitting there saying this offense is going to have to yeah, if – they're going to feel like they have to go score some points tomorrow. I don't, I don't know what that number is. I don't know what, what number pops into your head. Generally, I feel like in, in any given game – what that number is goes back to what you talked about earlier, red zone offense, red zone defense. Because it, it gets – it's either the number is at its highest, so 35, 38, if you give up a lot of touchdowns. Yeah. If, you, if they kick multiple field goals and it starts chipping down and you say, you know, 28, 31 points, maybe, maybe you win a game. 28 27 31 28 something like that I feel like um, so to, to me that that question isn't always easy to answer but Russ says that we hit 42 we should win if, if you go I would agree. <laughs> if you go into any if you go into a game saying you need 42 um, unless you're just one of these super explosive offenses with players all over the place that that ain't gonna work out most of the time. So it's kind of a thing where the – it's like, okay, is is the offense going to go – if the offense plays really well, the defense still is going to have to do enough to just hang in there with you because I think A&M is going to move the football. Mm -hmm. They'll they'll get some chunk plays. The question is, can you turn them over and can you make them kick field goals?
1: Yeah, that's the biggest thing. Can can you avoid the explosive touchdown – Plays and get them, you know. I, I think they're going to move the football a good bit. You know, I, when you look at Isaiah Spiller, I mean, played five games, he's averaging 104 yards a carry. I, not a carry, goodness gracious, that'd be insane. He's averaging 104 yards a game. So. That's like
0: my 116 sacks. That's a
1: lot. That's a lot. So, you know, he's had two games where he hasn't eclipsed 100-yard mark. One of them was last week, actually, against Arkansas. He had 82. The other one was against Alabama, where I think he had, like, 20-something yards. So, um, obviously, that game was, was skewed for Texas a and in, in a lot of different categories, made their defense not look as good, et cetera. Um, same thing with the Florida game with their skill guys. But, you know, I, I just think, uh, you know, they're going to move the ball, and that's going to be the key. you got to avoid explosive touchdowns. When you get them to the 25, the 20, hunker down, make them kick field goals. If they have five or six red zone trips, you need to come away with two or three field goals in those situations. Or better, um, red zone turnover, something like that. I mean, they're going to have to do these types of things, I think, to be able to win a game like this.
0: And I will say there, there was a point made earlier this year, and it, it was before the Auburn game. When Bo Nix came, you know, comes in, I think it was Craig. It was Craig, yeah. And he said – I, I poo-pooed it a little yeah, bit. You said, yeah, you, you yeah. said Craig was an idiot. But <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm kidding. But, you, you know, we were sort of like, eh, I don't know if the splits – I don't know if the splits are um, a big deal or not. Yeah. But going on, going on the road still still matters. And mine um, typically – pick me up something, too. I did. Okay. <laughs> um, mine typically does not – has not played as well. I don't have the numbers in front of me. Has not played as well yeah. on the road and what we're seeing i think is that home field advantage is obviously uh, not quite what it was during any other typical year but mm-hmm. it still matters you're yeah, still you still have a comfort level in your home place that you don't have when you're on the road you're talking about a very very long trip whenever these two teams play you know you're talking about the longest trip of the year for them yeah. Yeah. so yeah. um for, for me, that that does matter, just the mental aspect of comfort level, sleeping – I won't say sleeping in your own bed if you're the home team, you're still at a hotel. But sleeping in that hotel you're comfortable with, right. driving right – you know, hopping on the bus, going right down the road versus coming all the way across with all the BS they have to do now, um, with all the you know, COVID measures in place as well. Th- that matters. I think if these two teams were just playing our neutral field – um, You know, that line would obviously be even higher. Yeah. So, but I, I think there is an element here of on paper, based on what we've seen, based on the matchups, AM is the better team. Yeah. But yeah. I think there's an aspect here of South Carolina off the bye week, South Carolina playing Jimbo and those guys close under Muschamp for the most part until it got away from them late last year. Yeah. It's in Columbia. There's sort of some other. Are they on, do you call them intangibles? It's just some other little things that would make you think Carolina could, could keep this thing close and have a chance to pull it out. Well, and they've been in, you
1: know, I, I don't know. You know, I don't know Vegas' formula. You know, uh, if I did, I'd probably go there more often uh, and on college football games. But, um, you know, I, I don't know how much you consider South Carolina's sort of track record in every game this season, their games have been close with the exception of the LSU game. Sort of got out of hand on them, obviously. And we talked about that sort of ad nauseum, but um, these are two teams that I think you go in and and you don't feel like they're light years away. I think we both agree we would favor A&M, right? I mean, Mm -hmm. you just said that because they're a very talented team. I think people have almost undervalued them a little bit because you, you look at what they've done this season and, the only game they lost was to Alabama. And Alabama's really good, especially on offense. They went in, they beat Florida. Florida put up some points. They won. They beat Florida. It's Florida's only loss of the season. Um, you know they're about to play Georgia this weekend. That's going to be a very compelling game. But this is a good A and M team. They've got a senior quarterback. Can cause you a lot of issues. They can run the football. They got a lot of talent defensively. And um, you know, so but that said, even. You do still get the feel that if South Carolina plays well, they can be in this game with an opportunity in the second half, and, and that's what you ask for at this point.
0: Well, and there there is a there is a pride aspect to getting your teeth kicked in with two weeks to think about it. I, I don't think, know. Yeah. and we, you know, that that's the beauty of of this game is that it's not on paper. We'll it'll get to play out in front of us all. Um, you know, at Williams Price, and uh, that's what makes it fun. And there are there are ebbs and flows in a season, and sometimes sometimes you get a little too high, sometimes you get a little too low, sometimes you have to dig deep and bounce back. And the teams that deal with that the best, um, you know, the teams that ultimately are, are going to sort of be more consistent programs. So I think that's what you're looking. If you're a Carolina fan, you want to see this team come out and compete. You want to see you want to see a lot of improvement again in stopping the run. If we had $10 for every time we've said stop to run this week <laughs> we wouldn't need any sponsors. Um, but, you know, it, it's, it's more about, you know, as the year goes on improving and avoiding what we saw, frankly, with South Carolina last year down the stretch where it was, you know, and some of it was injuries, but just not really playing well at all down the stretch last year. So we'll, we'll keep talking about that. But again, reminder, you see it behind us. We're at angry fish. We got a few uh, patrons here. We got Michael Beckham, who's of course our moderator. If you um, if you want to fight him for deleting your posts on a message <laughs> board, you can come out to Angry Fish and punch him in the face. Um, his wife is out here. We got a couple of other folks out here, and we also. I, what, what have you ordered, me, Chris?
1: So I'm gonna have to get a clarification from Kenny because I think he was he was p- throwing out numbers to me. I believe I ordered you the Kolsch. Okay, Kenny, we got two coaches yep. Okay, I thought you said an eight. So no, I said he he'd also like an eight. He'd like an eight. Okay, so what we have right here uh, is the Weiss's Ferry
0: Colch. What's the, up, man? The cool
1: thing about how you
0: doing? Uh, so is that? This... Did you just?
2: Yeah, man. I'm Zach.
0: Okay, so Zach, who is on, who just uh, got in the chat. Sorry, I'm interrupting. You, no, nah, you're good, man. I'm he is out team. here hanging out as well. Um, you you want to get on for a second, man? You want to get on video or not? I can, yeah. Yeah, hop hop on in, man. We'll uh, we'll have a guest then. But yeah, tell us, guess, uh, tell us yes, what we got. This is man. the Weiss's
1: Fairy Colch. The cool thing about Angry Fish, it's a really neat story with their name. I won't go into all that, but they uh, a lot of the names are after you know stuff on the lake, Bomb Island. Weiss's Fairy Coals is what we got from Wes. So if you're sort of a more of a, a beginner, I guess you could say, Kenny, that's sort of a big. It's it's yeah. one I really like. Kenny so, loves it. Yeah, I mean it's easy. to Crisp and clean, and so that's what we got Wes here, uh, but they got about 10 on the board right now. Of course, we got the Angry Eats Grill and
0: Smoke truck outside that we'll get going later this evening, so that's what I'm ready for. Um, oh, sweet. All right, so we got Zach. Zach is a, um, he's he's on here a lot, I think, on the chat. Have you yes, been sir. to Angry Fish before, or, or did we bring you here? Y'all brought me here. Okay, hey, awesome. What, what, um... What have you been? I think y'all were tasting some stuff over there.
2: Yeah, man. I had basically about everything on the board.
1: <laughs> Already? You've only been here five minutes? That's very impressive. Yes, sir. Can you um, give any of the samples? He, oh, yeah. He tends to do Plenty that. of samples. Yeah.
2: yeah. Um, I had uh, the number eight. That's why I got a 16-ounce cup of. Okay. It's definitely good. Yeah. Um. I tried. I think y'all had the number five, right? Yeah, that's the yeah, five right yeah. there. That's the license very coach. Yes, sir. Really that's good, good stuff. As well. yeah. Um, I'm not really an IPA fan, but about every IPA they've given me, it's it's been good. Yeah, that's
1: on point. Michael Beckham, I think working with, I think the Dunkle is what it looks like to me. Yep, I guess that one right. He's a dark guy, so the West Side Dunkle, I sampled that earlier. It is also really, really good, so... Yeah,
0: uh, Zach, I mean, I need to catch up, you, man. man. Sam- sampled everything over uh, here. I Kenny, think, Kenny's but, the sample
1: master, man. It's like going into Sam's Club.
0: Uh, nice getting, <laughs> yeah, Zach, real quick, man. Are, are you going to the game tomorrow? Or are you gonna be watching on TV? I'm
2: gonna be watching on TV. I got to work until
0: six thirty, and then I get off. And okay, I got you. So you uh, hopefully have been listening to the show every day. Uh, what? Uh, give us your your fan take. You're gonna be our our fan of the day. Okay. <laughs> What's your take on the game? Um key to victory and a prediction. Key to victory. Putting you, you on know, the have spot. an order
2: you want me to go in or
0: wherever you want to go with
2: uh, it. I'll say key to victory, can't let him run the ball. Okay. Gotta make Kellen Long beat us. Okay. As y'all have said all week, obviously, yeah. but that's like with any game. Um gotta be able to run the ball, of course. And we need some guys to be able to separate on the outside. Um like we've been saying all season. And I would say somebody else other than Shah Smith gotta step up. Which uh you know, Jalen Brooks, maybe. Yeah, uh Kibion yeah. Mullins if he's healthy. Yeah. Nick Muse, I'll be looking for him. And um I like to see DK get the ball
0: more on some handoffs. I, I think you just gave the keys for the entire rest of the year. Like oh, yeah, like the, the final five yeah. games, stop the run, run the football, get Jalen Brooks or somebody else on offense. Yes, sir. Comfortable, get him the yeah. football, down the field preferably, and then let that running game work off of all those other options, I think. So, Zach, are you uh, are you going to pick the home team, or are you, uh, you going to go more realistic, or are you going with your heart here, man? <laughs>
2: If I had to guess, I would say if everything goes perfect, I think that we could win at like 31 28, maybe. Okay, 31 if all right, if if things go perfect, all
0: right, if that prediction is right, perfect. Yeah,
2: we'll hook him up
0: with uh six months on game. Oh, no doubt. If if it's if the prediction is exactly right, 31 28, 28, yeah, we'll get Zach hooked up. But uh, (laughs) cool, man. We're glad you came out. We'll let you get back to your girl over there. But um, we put you on the spot. You did good, though. I think uh, appreciate
2: it.
0: You gonna come out and we hit some other spots later on. I think we're gonna. Oh
2: yeah, maybe go around. If I'm off work, absolutely. All
0: right, I got you. Awesome. That's Zach and everybody else in the chat. I don't know what y'all are doing sitting at home (laughs) instead of coming out and hanging out with us. Um, Good beer,
2: man. um, Talk some
0: ball. (laughs) Zach has tried every single beer here. And he said they're all good. So um, I would say as far as our final, I guess, dang, we're, we're actually close to running out of time, but final 20 minutes here, man, the news we get yesterday, we haven't even talked about it, but Jamar Brown off, um, off of one injury to start the year has another injury to the knee, sort of a situation where he's obviously going to be out this week. We don't know exactly when he's going to be back, but for one, you got to hate it for the kid. Two, that's a guy that I really thought if he could get back healthy, have an entire bye week to sort of get settled in. Um, I think this staff is really big on practice time, you know. So getting yeah. a full week of practice, he probably, I think, could have played a lot down the stretch. Now you're talking about like restarting that getting comfortable aspect. So not 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 good for him and not good for Carolina's defense. Yeah, I mean, they you know,
1: you're talking about a really thin group at linebacker. You know, a really thin group. And uh, you know, Jamar's someone that you know, could come in and, and plug in at a variety of spots whether it's a, you know, dime situation, which not having him sort of hurts you in, in that regard because then you're having to move, you know, RJ Roderick or somebody and that sort of takes you out of what you want to do. So, they were counting on him a lot for that dime spot. Um, but he could play will, he could play sam, heck, play mike, you know, really yeah. if they needed him to and so um, not having him, you know, I think pretty significant for this team, Resendo Lewis, still no indication that he's back. And so it's going to continue to sort of be the Ernest Jones and Damani Staley show and bring Mo Cobb along and still a thin spot. So can't afford any more injuries and going to have a lot of guys playing a lot of
0: snaps. So another reason they need to minimize defensive snaps. I'll, I'll be curious to see if Mo is a guy who can play more mm-hmm. in, in these final four games. Do they feel like he's ready. Do they feel like he's not Um, how much are they comfortable with him doing? He sort of slides to – I guess he's playing more Mike now, it it sounds like. That's a situation with him where they could use a guy like that to come along. But I I think one thing we have seen with his staff, they they don't really – they don't err towards just throwing a freshman into the fire unless they have to, unless they feel like they're ready. So I'll be curious to see, can he take snaps away from somebody else? Can he potentially – at the very least, you know, get 10, 15 snaps to where he keeps somebody else fresh. I, I don't know. I know they're high on him long-term. Long-term, he's going to be a, a really good player in this defense. But the question I think all fans have of these young players is how fast. And everybody, everybody wants to see the new guys. So I'll be curious, not just Saturday, but final five games, how much do we see of him?
1: Yeah, and I mean, for a defensive player, man, it's difficult, even though – you know, he was a January enrollee. That helps, but he's still rehabbing. Lots of mental reps. I mean, guys got more mental reps than ever. You know, this year when you're talking about, you know, even though spring practice was limited, you still had a lot of meetings. still had the OTAs. you still had preseason practice, but he is a freshman. He's playing a spot at linebacker where, I mean, that's not easy. I mean, you're coming from high school where Mo Kabba, a Mo Kabba on the field in high school, we watched his tape. He's physically dominant. He dominates everybody. He's bigger faster, he's stronger, he's more skilled. So everybody faces this type of transition. But at linebacker, it's it's tough. You know, you're going to – now you're taking on a pulling guard trying to block you, who's 300 pounds and he's 20 years old. You know, he's a full-grown man. Um, then you're talking about scheme-wise, you know, defensively. You're talking about your drops in zone. You're talking about your blitz packages. Thanks, man. Appreciate you coming by. Appreciate you, Zach. Appreciate you, man.
0: Hey, let let us know as you keep sampling – your favorite one that we yeah. need to try, okay? Yeah, okay. All right. Yeah, that's Zach. Um, the rest of you need to get on out here come say hello. And uh, I'm ready for the food truck, to be honest with you. Yeah, man. But, um, sorry, I just cut you off again. Go ahead.
1: No, I don't remember where I was at, but it's all good. <laughs> I think I was finishing up just a point on Metacola. Kind of difficult transition. You know, as a freshman, to come in and play linebacker at a high level and play it a lot, just from a mental aspect, it's tough because you're learning an entire scheme. It's not, you know, sometimes you think of freshmen and, and maybe a defensive lineman like Jordan Birch who's made a lot of strides. Jordan Birch at the beginning of the year was, we're going to give him a few things to do and let him go do it well because he's really, really talented. With It's a little bit different at linebacker. Where you're asking a guy to go play an entire series at linebacker where he may see a ton of different stuff. Um, that, that's a tougher proposition, but Mo has still got, you know, I think a, br- a bright future.
0: Yeah. And bigger picture, man. I, I think a lot of questions the fans have going forward is, is how much, how much more there, there's several, it's not just him. There's several young guys. You're saying, uh, we talked about Doty all week long. How much Luke Doty do we see in final five games? How much, uh, you know, there's been some talk about Jaheim Bell who's back from, And, you know, we had reported, you had reported, he's been back healthy actually for a while now. But I think, again, it goes back to what I was talking about. Not just getting back, but having the time to find that comfort level and gain trust from or with the staff. So may he may be at that point now where Jaheem could potentially start to to get some snaps. Uh, Ja'Kari Caldwell is somebody I continue to hear Physically has made plays in practice. It's just a matter of is he ready to? Because the thing is, we we all everybody wants to see the new guys play. Oh yeah, and yeah. and I get it. You always want to see the new guys, but everybody loves that until a new guy runs the long route <laughs> and you have a pick six, yeah, and then everybody's cussing out the quarterback for oh, throwing the ball to the. Wrong did we spot. see that last week, or the week before last?
1: We well, and, and ex- you I, just described exactly what we saw yeah, exactly. So, yeah. <laughs>
0: right, and I, and I wasn't even specifically talking about that, but it, it does happen, and, and then, it did happen. And then everybody yeah. everybody is uh pissed off, you know, at that point. And it's like, well, you want to see the new guys, and I and I want to see them too. I, I enjoy we follow recruiting so much. Oh, yeah, yeah, I enjoy seeing all right, how close was the evaluation? Is this guy athletically what we thought? What's the upside? It, it's all fun, you know. I like. There, there's an
1: intrigue to all of that. You know, yeah, you and that, know.
0: that's that's why people follow recruiting. Uh-huh. It's because they like to follow them step by step, and then see a guy in the NFL. Like I love seeing someone we followed in recruiting through college, then on to the NFL. That's yeah. one of the favorite parts about my job. But you know, also there's a very fine line you walk. So a Jakari Caldwell, a Rico Powers. These young guys, uh, it doesn't seem like many of the guys in the secondary that are in this freshman class have necessarily been talked about as sort of being ready. Yeah. Um, but, some, you know, some of the other spots, I mean, we'll continue, like you said, to see uh, Jordan Birch, to see Taika Hemingway. We're already seeing a lot of them anyway. Somebody asked about um, Boogie Huntley. Back healthy. Yep. He's off the ankle. You know, that should be good to go there. How, how much does he potentially get in there? It's a hard position to play as a freshman. And you're talking about missed practice time as well. But – and I'm asking you a question that none of us have the answer to because we're just going to have to find out. Right. But it will be intriguing to see – you want to talk about rotation on the inside. MJ Webb has played more than any of us anticipate. Mm-hmm. He's been on the field against LSU – Pretty good bit. I think he was on the field. He's on the field late against Vandy. I think on the field some against Auburn. He, he did a snap. Yeah. So yeah, he was. Um, where does he sort of slot in that rotation? will be interesting to see. It will be. Um, you know, and, and there've been
1: some surprises in there. You know, coming into this year, we weren't sure how much of a jump that. You know, the two people we all outlined, Zach Pickens and Rick Sandage, those are two that needed to make a jump. We knew Jabari Ellis would be in the mix, and we knew Kier Thomas would. Pickens has made sort of more of that jump. There have been times, I think, one game he played second most snaps behind Kier Thomas. That might have been the LSU game or it's Auburn, one of the two. Sanders has not played as much um, at all. Um, MJ Webb has played more than him, as a matter of fact, I think in, in most, if not all, games. So maybe that was something we didn't as much see coming, but that's how it's played out. So Huntley's a big guy who can move. Can he take some snaps from MJ? Will he get in just in end-of-game situations if there's an opportunity? Maybe. Um, I think that ankle, obviously, that hinders his progress and his opportunities. Uh, but from a physical standpoint, there's a lot to like there. So it, it'll be another just another young player to monitor down the stretch to see if he can help any. Yeah, and,
0: dude, I, the, more, the more we do this, the more you sort of see – it's the it's the conscientious kids. It's the hardworking kids. It's the self starters. It's most of those guys maximize their talent if yeah. they can avoid you know the serious injuries. And you know we'll we'll find out what the upside is for Alex Huntley. But I, I think for Boogie, when you already have those other things in place, that generally guarantees you're going to help the program in, in some way. Now, is he a future All-SEC star? Is it more that he's a rotational player? You know, all that stuff plays out in the next three to four years. We, we all find out together. But I think okay. the, the good signs with Woody is that he already had started to reshape his body. Now, obviously, he got hurt. But the, the early time on campus when he arrived this summer,
1: um, you know,
0: and I – I mean, I, dude, I watched this kid play basketball, I think, three or four times last year. And then I actually saw him at a Hammond game, Hammond football game, early this year, the week before the Tennessee game, like right, literally right before he got hurt. Mm-hmm. And you could already tell, you're like, this is not a high school guy anymore. This is a college guy. Yeah. So I think anytime you see those signs very early on, that's an excellent sign for the future of the players. So I think with Boogie, they, they have something there. He's the guy who's going to help them. Again, broken record alert. It's how, how, how quickly, you know, is it is it Saturday night, tomorrow? Is it next year? When does the push start? Um, it's sort of anybody's guess. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I think his future's bright,
1: but you got to remember, I mean, he's playing close to the ball, defensive line. Tough, you know, tough to play as a true freshman. Um, big step up in competition, obviously, which almost, you know, anybody faces that. Um, and then he had the ankle, you know, that set him back. So he was able to start practicing, I think, actually the week of the LSU game, maybe the Wednesday or Thursday, Tuesday through Thursday. Sometime he returned. Didn't play in the LSU game, but had, you know, a couple days that week, bye week, and then AM and m front. So, um, yeah, a lot of like I think, about Alex Huntley. What do you think of the coach? It's good, man. It's really yeah. good. Coles is really good. I think. I don't, uh, I don't know what this one is. I think Kenny dropped that off for you. I think. Yes, so. he hooked you up. That's the. Uh, I believe he said that you would like the number eight, which is the Crescent Moon American Wheat. So, uh, not sure if you like wheats or not, but if you do.
0: Yeah, we, we got, got a little bit of everything, man. And this is, like if that. y'all bear with me for a second, I think this is the menu. Yeah, that's the Angry <laughs> Eats the, menu. Uh, the Angry Eats. Everybody around here is angry about something. Um, <laughs> Got some egg rolls, a burger. Yeah, I mean, you're you're eating here after we get off, right? I might um, have to get something. We got a smoked barbecue pork belly BLT. We got some smoked lamb, a Kentucky hot brown, some empanadas, pulled pork egg rolls. That might be my jam right there. That sounds really good. I uh, might have to try a little bit of everything. Chef Sid hooking it up out there. Yeah, Chef Sid is in the house. We
1: need to tell everybody also, before we forget, about dead socksie, right? Uh, yes. Did you bring my socks? I did bring your socks there okay. in the car. I don't have them right here. I don't have any on, but uh, at some point I will. So I've got Wes's dead Soxy socks in the car. Our newest partner here on GC Live is dead Soxy. Hey, check out their link in the YouTube description, or if you're on GamecockCentral.com, you go to our front page, GC Live. Click on the little content module there. You can get our link. You get $10 off the checkout. So you get socks for really cheap. Uh, premium fabric, super soft non slip they've got the no show socks they've got the boardroom line which is their dress sock a lot of different options and some really cool stuff you saw them today yes yeah, you saw are on screen. the way is that a sneak preview they have been ordered and okay. they are going to be in production very soon so that was a sneak preview you got some cool stuff coming for GameCot fans so make sure you check out Dead Soxy and uh, the link is in the description like I said if you need it let one of us know and we'll send it direct to you to get ten dollars off a checkout. Um we we got a
0: most of our normal folks are still in there, I see. So I got a question for y'all. Um, RJ RJ mentioned that um, everybody should go to a game together at some point. And we used to, before COVID hit, we had some Gamecock Central tailgates. Yes. Also, um, those on Gamecock Central know I pushed the market on main watch parties. That's something, if there is a market for it, I've discussed the idea for maybe one of the away games doing a a full-on, not just, hey, guys, go watch the game there, a full-on Gamecock Central watch party at Market on Main.
1: Maybe even get a former
0: player or two out there. So it's more about, hey, if y'all have interest in that, give us the feedback and let Mm -hmm. us know. I know everybody – some people are out of town. Some people live in the area. Some people don't. So i really – To do it, it would have to make sense, but if enough people say they're interested in that, that's something I think we could make happen. Also, something I've been wanting to do and we've talked about doing for a long time now has been some Gamecock Central apparel and having that available. So, again, that goes back to interest. Are you going to buy it if we source it? And um, if so... Give us some feedback in the chat, in the comments, wherever, and let us know. And that's something I'm very interested in doing. I know we've talked about it. So just let us know, and hopefully we can make those things happen. Um, all right. So we're at Angry Fish now. We're going to be here. If you're in the area, if you're stuck in licensing traffic, which you probably are if you're in Lexington, as I learned about an hour ago. You still got time to swing by. I know we're going to be eating after this. We'll be hanging out. We'll talk a little bit of ball. But uh, Russ says sign him up for a Gamecock Central shirt. I think, I think we can make that happen. I think the shirts will be a great idea. But let's get to the final thoughts, man. All right. I know we're going to – I haven't popped it up yet because we had a lot of other stuff on the site this afternoon as well. I'm going to pop up our Gamecock Central final keys to victory or our path to victory, as we call it, as soon as we get off the air here. But we've, we've really talked about keys all all game long or all day long. Yeah. But give me your final thoughts rolling into this thing now. Well, I think it's, it's a difficult
1: proposition, I think, for South Carolina because, you know – I look at the defense. I mean, that that's the thing that I keep going back to in my mind, um, whether it's statistically or the eye test or just in my mind. You know, the game cut defense, I think they've got kind of a lot of questions to answer. And they're, they're getting a team, even though it's after a bye week, that's really going to stress some of their weaknesses. You know, um, not only just in the run game with an offensive line that can lean on you and hurt you. We saw that against LSU, We've seen that. Other teams this year too, a really good back and Spiller, and even if you sort of take care of that, then you got to deal with Kellen Mond, and we've we've seen that the past three years. He's hurt South Carolina, extending plays, running the football, making some big plays in key situations, and as we've discussed this week, he's really grown as a player to where he's a really smart distributor of the ball. What was it? Twelve touchdowns, two picks this year. We know he's mobile. Um, design runs, scrambling, extending plays. So that's where it becomes really tough. So it's, for me, I still would favor A&M in the game, just as Vegas does. Um, is it a win a bowl game for South Carolina? Yes. But in order to win, they're going to have to force field goals in the red zone, as we've talked about, and they're going to have to score enough points offensively.
0: No doubt. Um, by the way, the other really just underrated aspect of coming out to Angry Fish and try and all, how many beers
1: are on tap? They got yeah. ten on on the board right now. I Yeah, think. Ten trying
0: all ten is the more of them you drink, the better you will feel about South Carolina's chances tomorrow. So <laughs> that's right. You know, right. by it's only five thirty right now. So by yeah, I don't seven, think that, I don't think they yeah, and I don't think they close until ten.
1: So I mean, you nah, could, you could 10, be absolutely convinced of a win by but, ten. Yeah. You'll be
0: predicting a Gamecock blowout win. I <laughs> think <Okay. laughs> so. Right, underrated aspect here, but uh, in all seriousness, we've enjoyed it, it's been fun, we're going to have to do this again, uh, come on out, it's a very just cool, unique atmosphere here, um, always like to go to places that aren't, some places are just cookie cutter, you know, it's like, this is how a restaurant is supposed to look, or this is how a bar is supposed to look, this is not that nope. at all, yep. uh, they got some shirts if you want one of those, obviously we got some drinks, Um, Like I said, Chris will buy you your first drink if you come out here. Um, Let's see, we do have a question. Um, Number one recruiting target now that Tyrion Ingram-Dawkins is is committing. I don't know if there is a number one. No, I mean – And you never – even if there was a number one – I don't know if we would ever be able to say it. I don't know if we, you know, you know what I'm saying. You don't. You,
1: you, you have a number one at oh, each position on the board. You know, Tyriant's still a target. I mean, yeah,
0: not gonna stop recruiting him. So, um, he's posted on Instagram about South Carolina today. Yeah, I don't know if you saw that or I no, no, I didn't, last night. Yeah, I did. Yeah, I assume. Yeah, but I I didn't see it. Yeah,
1: so he's. I mean, if you're if you're talking about defensive line, if you considered Tyrion Ingram Dawkins the top target in the class personally then he's still the
0: top target. Yeah.
1: I mean, you know, there, there's no reason to change that right now. I would, say.
0: I, I would look some other guys, a Justice Boone, yeah. who's committed to Florida, obviously still working him at Sumter. Um, the two receivers, I think you look at Jordan Mobley, who's committed to Tennessee. Keon Coleman, the previous Kansas commitment that's now decommitted. Yeah. Uh, we had, a, a, uh, I would say, a, one of the more useful articles on him, for one of our rivals' guys. Earlier this week, where he really sort of went into some depth, he's like wide open now. He's taking a huge step back. Not going to commit until February.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: Wants to take visits. That one, as we've said, comes down to can can kids visit
1: right. at some point?
0: Huge question. Yeah. You know is is there a is there a situation where January rolls around? The NCAA says we're going to allow some very limited official visits there. That would be a guy you would circle that if South Carolina can get him into a situation where you can fly him out here like an actual official visit and let him see what you have to work with, he's shown, here's the thing about that kid. He's shown that he's willing to go against the grain as far as if it Kansas the first time. So, <laughs> right. You know, you get him out. Final, they were in his final three the first time. They've continued to recruit him. You get him around Frank Martin in the basketball program, um, you know, Show them the need at receiver on the football program. Yeah. Obviously, we're projecting a little bit. But if if you get them out, you have a shot. Yeah, sure. Um, they've continued to work. Uh, the Mobley kid is committed to Tennessee. You know, there, there's some other guys. Uh, there's the linebacker that's committed to Boston College that I think is a uh, – His name is this case, hey, Trevor Wallace. Yeah, Trevor Wallace. He's sort of blown up a little bit. Yeah got to keep your eye on him. I mean, there's guys out there that you have to keep watching. But uh, Deontay Anderson down in Florida, sort of an edge rush guy. So, you know, lots of guys out there. We'll see. But uh, recruiting carries on. It's just going to be interesting to see what options these players have down the stretch. Are you visiting just on your own? Are you actually allowed to visit, visit? I don't know. We'll see. But all right, man. That that's an hour right there. Yeah. Um. We'll still be around if you're in the area. If not, then uh, we'll uh we'll maybe run into some of you at Williams Bryce tomorrow. Otherwise, I guess we'll see everybody on on Monday,
1: right? See everybody on Monday, and we'll we'll uh we'll see what happens on Saturday. But regardless of what happens, we'll be here Monday to talk about it. We well, won't be here, yeah. But I hope to come back here soon. Maybe we can make
0: that happen. actually. Yeah. So, all right. He's Chris. I'm Wes. Hope everybody has a great weekend. Hope to chat with all of you um, on Monday, and we'll see you then. Have a great weekend.